Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. We're here at the Llandudno Craft of Comedy uh, Festival. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And joining us is uh, Tim Telling, and he is the man behind one of the sort of big TV breakout hits of the last year, really. But uh, the overnight success of about, I don't know, 10 years, maybe, of, uh, of The Daily Mash. So, hi. Hi, Tim. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank it's you. Uh, it's good to have you. In fact, we were just talking uh, just just before we started about uh, the origins of the Daily Mash and how, in fact, uh, you know, most most of the people that James and I talk to, they've kind of come through uh, the, a very similar route. They've started writing for radio or doing stuff online, and they've known we we we've known all the people. Everybody kind of knows each other pretty well in this sort of very small comedy world. But you've come from a kind of very different sort of uh, way in, really, haven't you? Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I guess, like, for me personally, as a kid, I was really... Uh, one of the first sort of comedy things I remember being obsessed with was Viz. Hmm. So I was kind of... Right. A perfectly fine obsession. <laughs> yeah. a, a, yeah, an yeah. acceptable obsession. I couldn't yeah. see having good company anyway, but... I remember when I was about 15 reading an episode, reading a bit of a page of Viz. It was a spoof advert for the Mr. Kipling chess set, <laughs> which also had some small print in it that made me laugh so much, I genuinely thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, I, I mean, everyone... I, I think everyone has a sort of a favourite kind of of his like fake advert or top tip but it was I, I you know just I guess referencing your question Dave it was just the reason I mention it is just because you know that had a kind of sort of DIY kind of feel to it you know it was like a sort of a, a post punky fanzine thing and I kind of related to that and I think when the although I wasn't a founder of the Daily Mash website, I joined as a writer, and I think it had been going for I don't know maybe two or three years by that when, point. When, when did it start up? Um, it started. I'm going to get this wrong, and it'll be embarrassing because <laughs> this is like my own trivia that I don't know. Um, about twelve years ago, right. I, rem- I remember at some point someone saying to me, "It's been ten years now," and that seems to be like relatively okay. recent history. But I think I joined. I think it'd been going two or three years when I joined as a writer, and then I became deputy editor, and then editor. So I've been editor for about six yeah. years. Just for, for, for those of you who might not know, I'm sure there are, there are very few. But Daily Mash is a, it's an online. Sp- Booth newspaper, isn't it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And very funny as well. And uh, it, well, yeah, if yeah. you're on Facebook, you will have seen the Daily Mash headline because somebody would have reposted it at some point and shared it. And that's yeah. that's another question. Facebook, it will be worth a quick chat about that yeah. potentially. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, you were saying so you've been there. You became you were deputy editor and then editor, which yeah. you are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so how you know has it been pretty much the same kind of site the whole time but just a bit but but slightly more professional and slightly more money uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not even that probably not even that um i think that the level of professionalism is is remained at a, a, a stable low level <laughs> yeah. um so but but no i mean it has i i guess the writing team's grown um yeah. there's probably a pool of about Again, this is really, you know, my, my, my knowledge of the Daily Mash is, is so unencyclopedic. It's probably about 12 people. There's okay. probably about 12 people who kind who of... Who contribute, on. but who aren't full-time... There right. is... Um, I'm trying to think... So there is... Um, 
I guess there's there, there's a person who's like a, a full time writer, and mm. then there's a, so, there, so there's me, and then there's a, an editor in chief, uh, a kind of a staff writer for mm. want of a better uh, word, deputy editor, and um, a business supreme. Yeah. So there's probably that's fantastic. So you've gone from you know zero mm. to in a new medium, you've created an online product that now employs six people. Yeah, for yeah, maybe yeah. I mean, that's that's an astonishing. Achievement, I, I think. I'm mean, sorry oh. to be. No, no, no. It's, it's you know, especially given that, you know, comedy is a very competitive world, and online is very competitive. To actually have, you know, and it's and you live and die by the jokes as well. That's just it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's and 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 the response to those jokes is 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 immediate. I mean, as 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 I suppose it would be with live comedy, but it's like. You know, as, you know, with with social media, it's like you you know if something's going to fly within, almost within a minute, like it's crazy, and it's yeah. like if you wanted to make a machine to drive people insane, it would be quite close to how the Daily Mail works because you, you know it's kind of like it's it's a it's a you know it's a a fairly pressurized like responsive yeah. thing. But you you do these things and you believe in them and then they they fly or die pretty much instantly. Well, so, that is, so in a sense, it's it's the closest thing you can get to a live studio audience. Yeah. I mean, we were mm. talking to Al Murray mm. and he was saying that you know he loved the democratic thing about if I do a joke and they laugh, that means it worked and mm. that means not I win. That's not his words, but mm. you know, it's, there's something wonderful about that and you can you're almost in real time on your on that. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah it's a crazy thing and I it. Also, it's like you get such a wealth of, of feedback. I mean, I don't, re I deliberately don't read the comments right. because you know it's it's just because I think that the, the good stuff doesn't personally for me. I think the good stuff doesn't the, the the positive stuff doesn't necessarily help, and the negative stuff certainly doesn't because yeah, you, yeah. you read the positive stuff and you're like, <laughs> yeah, very funny yeah. today, and you know, yeah. and then it's just you yeah. get a bit well, conceited. You, you could say that you know, in 1978, you know, more than half the population of the country didn't watch the Morecambe and Wise Christmas special. Yeah. It must have been really rubbish. Exactly. You know, you know yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. that's one way of spinning. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's never, nobody ever makes a comedy that yeah. everybody says, that is, yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that. And, and of course, with comedy, it's, it, 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 there's no kind of, oh, I like that. Well, I'm not too sure about it. It's, I like that. I don't. Therefore, I hate it. So, yes. So you're always going to get that kind mm. of one thing or the other aren't you with that yeah it's polar it's polar there, there are a few people who are like oh I quite like that you know it's like I quite yeah. like that comedy thing it's quite good in yeah. the same way that there are a few people actually I'm, I think I'm one of the few people on earth who quite like Star Trek like, I quite <laughs> like it you know and I went to this exhibition there was like some exhibition on yeah. London a few years ago and I was like I quite like Star Trek I'd go to the exhibition and it, and it was just like I really didn't enjoy my experience at all because everyone else was so much more knowledgeable about the whole shebang mm. and they're like oh there's like the Klingon phaser from blah 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 yeah. and I'm like oh this is quite good I, you know? I have that with uh, online with Doctor Who which is okay. a, a show that you know I kind of have, have never uh, loved as a kid mm. and have, have never actively disliked since then yeah. but, but you know <laughs> half the people who I like in my Twitter timeline who uh, are Doctor Who obsessives yeah. and, and so I'm just scrolling through and, through and there'll be this sort of incredibly passionate yeah. 
yeah. conversation about episode 75 in in, yeah. in series 29 on the radio version of the audio yeah. whatever and you know what you're saying and there's a huge row breaking oh, shut up about Doctor <laughs> Who you know I it's a very rare thing wobbly also, sets and we, we live in these hyperbolic times because not that many people quite like Jeremy Corbyn mm. you yeah. know <laughs> and not that many people quite like Donald Trump mm. it's really bizarre but actually if you're if you're churning through news and stuff like that you actually kind of want that kind of balanced sort of oh I can see how some people would find it really difficult and because actually presumably sort of I presume some of the negative comments are relentless accusations of bias mm. from both sides presumably yeah. oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. all seven sides in all fact. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah a multitude of sides and it's uh, and I think you know that that hyperbolic thing it's I guess the nature of the Daily Mash is that the the stories we do are quite short and they have to and they're quite like headline based. You know, it's very much it all kind of hooks around. It is the headline, isn't it? Really, you know, really, you can have a fantastic headline and you know, the the copy will even if the copy is not strong, people will still will will still go for. Obviously, we you know we spur to make the copy as good, but it's It's, um, it's very much there's a bang and then the, the the. the, the copy is hard not to make that more than yeah. just the echo of the... It's really yeah. hard. It's, yeah. I think that's one of the things and, and uh, that is most challenging. And also with the MASH report, you know, when we do the TV iteration yeah. of it, like one of the things with the stories that we really try and do is have some, like, interesting beats mm. in them. And, uh, and the, you know, and the same on the website. It's like, you can have, like, the strong headline, but... It's there's always that danger that the, the copy will just reiterate that. So it's kind of try. I was sometimes you know the scenario doesn't. It's just impossible because it's just a either such a, a concise thing. But it's really good to try and have you know. Let's say I don't know hypothetically if Jeremy Corbyn has 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 done has done X. Um, I don't know. This is he just, opens the fate. Yeah, he opens yeah. fake. So Jeremy Corbyn's open fake. Let's just say that's the headline. It's not, you know, yeah. obviously yeah. that's hilarious in itself. Um, but then, uh, you know, the copy could be like, you know, Jeremy Corbyn's open fake and uh, and thing happened. But then it's like, you know, and then he was killed by a T Rex at the fake or something. Right. So yeah. it's it's trying to find ways. I think within the stories, you know, on, mm. on the Daily Mash. Uh, website and on the Mash Report Teddy mm. program it, it's to fight you've you got the strong headline but you want some like ideally you want some beats in that that are mm. as strong and unexpected as the mm. headline I think that's the real goal yeah. if you can do that that's, I, so I want to come on to the um, the, the TV show now because I think we're, we were talking about I think I met you the first time I met you was probably at this uh, festival about sort of three or four years ago yeah. and you know I was a big fan of the, 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 the website and um, you were talking then, and I think you'd had a radio you'd had a radio version and, and you know you were kind of I, you, you, you they, they, they've always been attempts to take the successful yeah. website so it's been quite a long process but I'd be interested to hear how you got from from there to uh, getting the TV was that the first TV pilot or had you done I think we'd hmm. done a taster before right. for who um, or did you make that yourselves just I to say we just made it, ourselves. it could be this yeah, yeah I think that at the time there were a number of small kind of um, production companies that were just specifically doing, you know, content, you know, they're just firing out these clips all the time. And it was one of these companies which has since been sort of uh, sold to a bigger uh, 
agglomeration. I can't remember its name, but we made we made it was quite uh, one thing I remember about it is we made a taster, and it was like it was super budget. You know, it was like you know green screen, news desk, um, you know, a couple of humans pointing a camera at them. But I remember um, we were quite pleased with it. We we felt it was quite funny. I remember sending it around. I can't remember. I I cannot remember at that point what production company, if any, was involved. But I do remember sending it to one broadcaster and uh, one of the guys sent it. And uh, and this person, um, it, it was like, you know, you get these like we transfer or drop yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. So it was done via that. And, um, and we didn't hear back from this person. And I think somebody nudged them by email and said, oh, did you, did you watch the taster? And, 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 this, uh, and this person, this broadcaster was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we watched it. You know, it was... It was great, yeah. It was great, you know. We'll have a think about it, blah, blah, blah. and then, but of course, on these Dropboxy things, there's actually you get you can see whether someone's downloaded it. And when we had a look, they haven't downloaded it. You know, so it's kind of man, that's caught, cold. caught out. Yeah, right? caught, caught out. Yeah. Let that yeah. be a lesson, yeah. producers yeah. Yeah. and commissioners. You write them back an email saying so. That particular, the thing that we thought that you, the the, the obvious thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're surprised you didn't mention. You know, that <laughs> you of all people didn't mention that, and they say, oh, God, what? And then they go and they look at it and they say, sorry, time run out. You're yeah. not, you can't watch this video anymore. That would have been a... Could, could, you, could, could you send it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a glitch. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Some, some gremlin in the system. I sort of admire the audacity of it, really. That kind of, you know, it, it was funny. But yeah, it was cool. But anyway, that, we, I think... I'm trying to remember the chronology of it, but I think subsequently what happened was we got involved with uh, Princess Productions, which no longer exists, right. but right. it was an Endemol company. And, um, and then they, uh, I think we did another taster, uh, like a sort of short sizzle mm. type thing, and then got got a pilot. But uh, in... in you know, I'm sort of massively conflating that process because in between times we just went around the houses as in times like yeah. it, it, the genesis of every daily yeah. thing really. That you and also about. knocking out five headlines a day and stories and content. Yeah. You know, you've got to you've got to stick. It's not as if because it's quite an unusual process because for um, for most people listening to this show who are writers, they they've got a show, sitcom set on an oil rig or whatever, mm. and that show doesn't exist. Until really it gets a green light, yeah, you know, and then yeah. they start making it. Whereas you've already got something that exists, and you're trying yeah. to work out a different version of it. Yeah, so you sort of can't really take your eye off the ball. Sure, and I don't, and I don't know whether that makes the process harder or easier. I don't know. At least because because it's a democratic. What I love about you know straight to audience stuff about stand up and also web stuff is like, you know, it doesn't matter what the commissioner or the controller says. Mm. You've still mm. got. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of eyeballs looking at your stuff mm. and watching it and enjoying it. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, mm. but then to sort of, it must be very frustrating to go from that to controllers, commissioners, executive producers just saying, yeah, except will people, oh, not quite so you're just like going, it works. We know it works. We yeah. do it. We do mm. this every single day. We know what the voice of the show, you know what I mean? Yeah, do yeah. You, was there any of that? I mean, it must. Oh, yeah. No, that, that totally resonates. I mean, I remember that that feeling of like it's almost like you know if you've got your routine at home and you and you wake up and you make a cup of tea in the morning mm. it's like you know doing the daily mash website is like making a cup of tea in the morning and like 
but like doing trying to get a TV program made is like waking up and finding that someone's put your kettle in like Shropshire <laughs> and then like you know the milk is in like France or like yeah. you know and there may or may not be a mug depending yes, on right. you know and it's just suddenly this and you just think there, why is, it, there is no milk but there right. is a cow yeah there is a cow exactly, exactly. next door yeah and you just think why is this suddenly so complicated like surely this this process is totally illogical well, um, I think that's it's what's interesting to me about that is that uh, you know I've kind of been doing topical shows on and off for you know thirty odd years and, and it's always you know it's always the holy grail and, and there's always everybody is always kind of they're, they're concentrate their minds are fixed on and it's been since that was the week that was so mm. we need to find a new that was the week that was and all the time things are coming in happening and and have i got news for you and spitting image and all these shows happen along the way mm. but there's uh they, they they apart from uh spitting image they kind of they they sort of sneak up on people and that's like you know and the last two or three attempts to make the big new topical show and they're always that this huge fanfare mm. the 10 o'clock show this is it this is the one david mitchell or jimmy yeah, card yeah. and uh, you know uh, all the big names and and then you know this the show just kind of sneaks in. Suddenly, it's like, oh, the Daily Mash on telly. Yeah. I hadn't. I was, I was like, two about a week before it happened. It's like, oh, Daily Mash on telly. I, I thought, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm up with what's going on in yeah. top of the comedy. I had no idea. And then, you know, it just sort of sneaks up, and then suddenly, it's, uh, you know, luckily, but I mean, you're not, not luck out of the blue the, the the luck of that you know you're you've got top writers you've got the stories you've got you're, you're hitting the stories with the funny of the years of experience and it's you're hitting you know you know how to hit social yeah. media and suddenly everyone is talking about uh rachel's pieces and jeff norcott's pieces and and, and yeah. little moments mm. and suddenly you know you've got a you've got a hit show on your hands i mean how, how did it how, how was that uh, your relationship with the BBC how did that sort of evolve over the first series um, I was because I was sort of there more to take care of the writing and the production I wasn't really dealing that much with the commissioners myself but um, good decision yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they yeah I, I mean it's been pretty interesting and I, I mean I, I think one of the things for them is that what you've just mentioned um, one of the real kind of USPs of the show um, was that suddenly there were all these clips flying around on Facebook yeah. that, mm -hmm. that were getting like crazy amounts of views I mean I think there's one with Ellie that um, it's got like sort of 60 million views something right. like that and, and, and a lot of the Rachel ones are in you know upwards of 10, 20, 30 million. So yeah. it, it, that that was a crazy thing. And, and it was funny because it was never really... I don't... I think that was weirdly sort of accident more than design. I, yeah. I, I don't remember anyone ever really sitting down. It may be that my memory's so abysmal. I don't remember. Well, it, in a way, you've, you've sort of... Um, bypassed or short-circuited the thing that isn't that does not come naturally to most people so when I was doing Bluestone for two for BBC three um you know they were sort of desperate desperate for us to write online only little sketches and bits and stuff which would then sort of be promoted except they wouldn't 
Except, you know, the BBC, everything had to be framed exactly the same way. Our show's website had to fit a template and everything. And it was of no interest to us because we couldn't actually do what we wanted to do. Mm. But we, you know, we were there to write a TV show. So mm. the rest of it was just, it was, it was sort of a contractual obligation. And we, you know, did a few, second unit did a couple of bits, but who cares? But the BBC just sort of relentlessly bang all, like Channel 4 do, I'm sure, and, mm. and all the channels. They want hits, they want stuff. Mm. But the thing is, you guys, are, that's not a problem for you guys. <laughs> so for you, you're sort of making a TV show and then your stuff goes viral and you're like, well, yeah, that's what I've done. Blimey, it's all going viral. Yeah. yeah. yeah, our, yeah. our business model sort of depends on that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it doesn't for the BBC. They can just, their business well, model depends on Parliament guaranteeing a licence fee. That's changing. Mm. I yeah. mentioned that in my, uh, the, the, the speech I did yesterday mm. is that, um, you know, when we had our first meeting for the new series of, horrible histories uh and and this uh, exec came in from cbbc and basically it was like a war room she said this is how it is now you know don't you know get this quick sketch this quick fire it goes out uh we, we need to have clips that are ready to go we'll have something we you know facebook instagram snapchat da, 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 da. we got two new websites especially for uh the, mm. for new stuff as well you know and get it out there uh you know keep it punchy kids are watching it on their phones and they're sharing mm -hmm. it and yeah. you know this this is the new world so the, the bbc are now you know they're yeah. they're, they're there they've caught up they are they of, have finally arrived at yeah. 2011 you, you sort of were kind of gently prodding away and I, I i i think that's really interesting as well because you and i come into comedy from the, the same thing and that, mm. that kind of punk uh approach of you know DIY and that's yeah. always been the thing that's and that's kind of how the whole stand-up scene started in the mm. 80s it, it very much was um, the, 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 the comedy version of punk yeah. and, and, and it always felt like that and we all felt you know we, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't anything there was no there was mm. no sort of uh, structure or career mm. or anything and we just kind of got into it really and that sounds a bit like what, what yeah. you've done and now in a sense that's that's kind of you are you're 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 the police now, effectively. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. The, kind of the mega the, the mega version of that. Yeah, we've been been assimilated into the megalopolis, or you know, it's. But but no, I mean, I I, I think that you know that that's it, it's a funny thing. I I, I think that you know the meetings that we had like prior to the, the mass report existing, it was always kind of. I was always surprised by how many of the people we would meet in telly had not heard of the Daily Mash. Not that they were obliged to, but, you know, it was a popular thing. And sometimes people would kind of go, oh, Daily Mash, that sounds interesting. And it's just like, yeah, you know, it's quite a lot of people look at it. And it's just, you know, I just would have thought, you know, I, I think... <laughs> I used to experience the same when I used to work for, you know, do a lot of comedy for BBC Radio 4. Yeah. Whenever you used to have a meeting with the TV people, they were just like, oh, right... Oh, we still do. We still do radio. Is that still <laughs> yeah. To which the answer is yeah, and a lot of it gets more listeners than TV gets sure. yeah. viewers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, well, that must be really discouraging, though. It's like, yeah, Daily Mash. How many? I mean, how many sort of hits and shares and everything are you? What are your sort of metrics for Daily Mash? I think in terms of like unique users, so that's actual individuals. Yeah. Somewhere around two and a half million a month something like right, that right, yeah. and then I don't know what that page impressions wise maybe that translates to about 
gosh, I don't know, uh, 8 million, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of Facebook followers, it's just it's pushing towards a million. It's about 900,000, something like that. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter is fewer because we don't, we don't really put a lot of effort into Twitter. We just sort of, because, you know, Twitter's more of an interactive thing and we just mm. like bang the links out. Yeah. Um, but it's about 130,000 yeah, or something right. like that, I think. But with the TV show, and, and that's something that's... Uh, interesting as well what the, the twitter has really done a lot for the tv show mm. and what, one of the things that i'm interested in and this is always something that uh, uh as well as you know we're looking for the next that was the week that was or whatever mm. but there's uh one of the breakout hits from daily mash is uh jeff norcott the stand-up mm. comedian mm. and you know jeff's usp is he's a funny right winger and mm. you know we know there are funny it's not even that he's funny and he's not on the left yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. we know say. you know we know in our world that actually it's it, it you know that we we know people like you know but i mean i mean it certainly was true in the 80s and 90s there were not people you know it was very very hard to find a stand-up who didn't have a sort of left view of the world, and it wasn't a conspiracy or anything. I think you know, you know, and, and people were looking for, well, you know, we were sort of actively looking when mm. I was sort of doing top live topical shows. I, I, you know, I was desperate to to find people who didn't agree. Desperate with to me. find a, a white middle class <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was basically, you know, Bob Mills was just sort of doing every was everything, you know, and that was it. And Bob Mills, and then it's not as know, if Bob's got some massive great philosophical theory underpinning. Mm. It all as well. He's just mm. he's he's just sort of a natural. Yeah. Who just thinks everyone should be left alone and mind your own business. Really. But I think similarly yeah. that you know there are a lot of people. I mean, someone like Paul Merton is yeah. is not you know an, an, an ideological left winger, yeah. but he 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 is a sort of left wing every man. Yeah. By association, really. Yeah. He doesn't sit down and talk about Jeremy Corbyn or whatever. But, but he's, uh, a, he's a, as you often say, you know, he's a counterpoint to Ian Hislop. Yeah. Who, despite being private eye, is also an establishment figure because yeah. he went to public school and he went to Oxbridge and, you know, and he looks yeah. like, he looks like Lord Snooty from Viz, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so, so that was, uh, were you kind of conscious of, of that kind of, the, 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 the left sense right of bias suddenly, gonna, which yeah. might not have been an issue when you were just pumping out Mm. jokes online suddenly the BBC now have to have an editorial position on what the Daily Mail might think because they're terrified of them yeah that's interesting I mean I wasn't really sort of party to that you know the, the that casting decision so I don't really know you know what whether that whether balance was really an issue my understanding is that balance is uh, from a BBC perspective, is less of um, less of an issue in in comedy, obviously, than in its journalistic output, as mm. one would expect. Um, but equally, I think it is health. It's healthy to have a you mm. know a diverse array of voices, mm. and also it's you know it creates good sort of badinage, and you know that when when you have like Nish and Jeff on screen together, it's good. Mm. They always like spark off each other, and there's that kind of. You know, that sort of well-intentioned antagonism, but also mm. I think it's quite. I remember watching, uh, you know, topical shows in the past where, because I think a lot of famous comedians, particularly, are in a, a, a slightly tricky territory because those guys are making so much money, mm. and you would have these kind of. I'm, I've sort of watched guys on topical shows in the past where, they kind of, 
the 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 overall tone of the show is constructed to have like a sort of a, a default uh, left wing philosophy mm. that's kind of like the voice of the show, and so you've got these guys who are like you know, earning like, you know, six million a year doing stadium tours, kind of going like, yeah, but you know, the NHS, blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, yeah, but you know, it's, your position isn't that simple anymore. Yeah, yeah it's so, like, mm. you'd have a job sticking it to the man, given you're quite man-like already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a man-like yeah. organism. You are a yeah. man, yeah. the man, yeah. part of the man. It, I mean, it's hard to sort of, you know, I don't want to sort of, you know, point the finger at anyone, but it's but I, it's it is one of the things actually in comedy that that just fascinates me anyway. Generally, is like you get these guys who are from like working class backgrounds, and and there's so much money in that you know big arena yeah. comedy now that suddenly they get catapulted into you know the one yeah. percent, um, and that's quite. I don't know, it's just, it, just on a human level, that, that interests me, because I'm like, you know, who do you, when you're in that position, who do you hate anymore? Because yeah. I kind of feel like that a bit sometimes, because I'm in what I call the Waitrose years at the minute, and it's like, you know, because it's... The it, what, sorry? The Waitrose years. Oh, right, okay. No, it's like, because it was weird, actually, because I was in... Yeah. I was in Waitrose. This is how nauseating and bourgeois my life is now. But I was in Waitrose the other day, and I remember thinking, "I'm in Waitrose, and I'm not even finding it weird anymore." Because I used to go to Waitrose and be right. like, "Yeah," because they would have quite good like end of day like yeah. bargain yeah, things. Label stuff. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, the label stuff. Yeah, the label stuff. So I'd go and like Hoover up the label yeah. stuff at the end of the day, and then sort of walking around, and it was like, and I used to feel it was like you know, like in the HGLs, the time machine. You know, there's that kind of elite kind yeah. of race who live above ground and they're all like really tall and they're on clouds yeah. and so I used to kind of feel like Waitrose was like that and be like and wow. that you've scurried out from underground <laughs> yeah. nicked the nice yeah. food and gone back yeah. underneath again scurried out got like the label yeah. you know Charlie Bingham's lasagna or whatever yeah. it is and then like go back to my world but I remember I was thinking the other day I was to just consume in... it with your hands yeah, yeah just like... <laughs> unheated just, yeah. Like... <laughs> just my little paws yes. just going in <laughs> um, but yeah just I, I remember thinking like I've normalised Waitrose you know I was just in the yeah, queue yeah. I was buying non-label stuff and it's crazy because you know these things happen in, in your life and they change your you know your life just kind of changes yeah. Yeah. not that I'm like a zillionaire but I'm not like you know you when you're writing social commentary when you're writing mm. satire it's like you kind of think like I see I think I've probably got another three years before <laughs> I'm just like the thing. Before you're beyond. You're like a sort of, you're totally like a Premier League footballer, you think. Or just just become the thing that I hate. I think, you know, it's it's happening. It's happening. And it's, as I said, I've normalised Waitrose. Next it'll be golf or something like that. Sending your kids to an independent school. Sending your kids to an independent school. I mean, you've got to make some serious ways to do that these days. I don't know know where people are getting the money from to do that. I mean, my parents were dairy farmers and they managed it for me. But now Mm. it's like at least twice the price than it was. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm doing okay, mm. but I could never afford it. Yeah. And now dentists can't even afford it. That's yeah. how expensive yeah. it is. Who are those people? Who I don't are, where are they getting it from? I don't... I just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just arena comedians. Yeah. It's like, yeah. these are the only people who can send their kids yeah. to independent schools is like people who are just doing like, you know, they're doing like an hour of like gags about spoons yeah. in, the, in the O2. Yeah. And then they're like, cool. You know. It sounds like you still have... Have, though that burning fire, that burning resentment that, that, that you know, even as you stand in Waitrose with your uh, succulent, tasty, whatever, the, uh, ready ripe avocado, yeah. ready yeah. to eat yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, you've still got that, that, that sort of burning anger. I mean, I do, uh, I, I'm just remembering that actually, when I was a 
the one man show I did in Edinburgh when I was sort of hitting 30 mm. was about and, and it's like, like we stand ups we, we, we you know we suddenly were we, we got paid well quite quickly mm. for, and, and you know we were allowed to sign on and work oh, yeah. and uh, you know and I, I, I managed to you know I, I'm one of those people I, I managed to buy a flat in the 1980s you know and so uh, that's that's basically mm. that's, that, that was basically I won that lottery and I, my whole show was about you know hang on I'm, uh, I'm a left wing punk comedian here and I've got a mortgage yeah. shit yeah, yeah. what's going to happen to me yeah. so um, as, as long as you've still got the self awareness I think about it as you play your round of golf yeah, yeah I guess so I guess so I mean <laughs> who, know, who knows what the future holds I mean maybe it will just be that thing of just hanging out with you know dentists and talking about <laughs> I don't know. well they often say you know I've, I've heard it said before that you know wannabe writers talk about writing actual writers talk about money um, and I think there's probably something in that it's always about uh, or how you got treated as a writer it's never really about the work mm. that you know we don't talk about three act structures with each other socially it doesn't yeah, really that's it's normally we save it for the podcast exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. Yeah. yes you lucky people listening to this <laughs> so um, so what's the future for the show in terms of new series have you have you any guaranteed series commissions yeah. coming up and all that kind of stuff or? yeah um the show is coming back in um october october okay. october so that, that that's definitely happening and how much planning and preparation do you do for that if we have to sort of stop doing the web stuff or at least park that with other people and move across or do you just end up working twice as hard for um for a few months i usually move across i was sort of uh, you know like a a deputy editor uh, will kind of step in on right. the website and then I will sort of move across. Uh, like a few weeks before, you know, production proper starts on the show, I will start working up the scripts for the, the non-topical stuff. You know, mm. just trying to get a bit of a head start. And, um, but yeah, you know, there, there's always a bit of, a little bit of crossover. There are days mm. when, I'm, when I'm doing like half and half on both. And then that that kind of fries you fairly quickly, though. So yeah. Uh, one, one one interesting point, particularly for our listeners as well. I did notice that you you take a lot you, a lot of new writers uh, stuff from new writers, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously you were kind of I, I guess it was sort of on the hoof when you were yeah. doing it first time around. But sure. is that kind of do you think that's an important thing? Is that that is using new writers? Sure. Um, Are you looking for, uh, you know, is it worth people sending stuff? It, it, it is. I, I mean, it's a difficult one. I would say we're always interested in hearing from talented people because there's such what about a, What about untalented people? <laughs> untalented people as well because, you know... They, they believe in themselves. They do, yes. They, they have self-belief. They, so, they believe yeah. in themselves yeah. and, that's, and that's good. But no, I mean, it, it, you know, I think... You know, talent is a very finite thing, and however well resourced you are with writers, if someone brilliant comes out of the woodwork, yeah. it's it's interesting. You know, you'd be foolish to, to ignore them. But because uh, also, though, sometimes you find a writer. I remember um, when Alan Partridge, when Steve, Cook, when they found the Gibbons brothers, mm. they just sort of realised that these guys could just write Partridge by the yard. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was just. It was sort of all there, really. So yeah, obviously, if somebody comes along and they just sort of can just spaff out yeah, headlines, you know, yeah, just spaff like, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, no, is, is there on the website? Is there a bit of a get in touch with us kind of thing, or how would they go about doing that? I I, I believe there is. Uh, 
there is contact email on, yeah. the, on the website. It, it, it may require a certain amount of initiative to find it, but I think that's, that's part right. of the test. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it's no, yeah. you, you the website don't... is underneath a cow in <laughs> yeah. a field in France. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's hidden. But, um, but yeah, no, there, there, there's opportunities to, to do that. We are not short of writers per yeah. se, um, but as I say, you know, it, it's always... It's always of interest. It's always of interest. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So, new series. Uh, that's. Uh, is there uh, is there a sitcom brewing in you somewhere? Is that the longer form of any great interest or? Yeah. There's a couple of there's a couple of things um, that have been. I think I, I think there's three things that have been options. So that, you know they're right. kind of that sort of dreaded phrase in development. Mm. But I think that. Yeah, it's, it's always, always like I've always wanted to do narrative stuff, and hopefully that will be the next mm. phase. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's like now you know, post mass report, it's much. Mm. It's just easier to get meetings. Yeah. It's like nothing has changed for me. It's yeah. like I'm not more or less funny. Yeah. But it's just suddenly you yeah. know the the wind is behind you a bit. Yeah. So hopefully we can you know yeah. make a bit of hay in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, were sitcoms an important part of you watching, enjoying comedy growing up? Obviously, you were reading vids, but were there mm. any sort of particular sitcoms that you just thought, I would like to do a show like that? Or Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I was always... Um, the first one that I really remember uh, being passionate about... Well, actually, no. The first one that I remember being passionate about as a kid was like, it's probably like the least cool comedy to like in television history was... Um, it's the Michael Crawford one. Some others do have Some others do have That's actually the first thing I remember watching. Or well, the first thing I remember experiencing, and I don't know how old I was, I was, I was, I was small. And, you know, just having that kind of, that physically painful laughter, mm. you know, where you're just in such hysterics where, like, Michael Crawford's going through, like, numerous rails of, like, yeah, yeah. clothes on yeah. a moped. Yeah, he's know. on roller skates <laughs> hanging on the back of a bus. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can't countenance that anything that funny could even exist. Yeah. It's just yeah. you're almost, like, exploding with it. But then subsequently, I remember, you know, The, the Simpsons was a big yeah. thing, a mm -hmm. big, big thing for me. Yeah. Um, South Park, a, a lot of the sort of American kind of, you know, those sort of I, I guess Simpsons and South Park those sort of they're kind of satirical things yeah. and they have that absurdist thing but um yeah Red Dwarf I enjoyed yeah more, uh, the sci-fi sort of um, yeah you sort of I sort of worry that a, a new Red Dwarf type show that sort of whatever it is I just you know BBC Two particularly just seems sort of seem making a lot of single camera comedy and they make Upstart Crow but that sort of Ben Elton, and it was originally tied in with a Shakespeare anniversary. So if Ben Elton can't get a studio sitcom on BBC Two about Shakespeare that looks a lot like Blackadder, well, blimey, we really are in trouble. Yeah. But yeah. equally, it sort of feels like, you know, I'd love to see that sort of thing. It just feels like now audience comedy particularly is now a mainstream thing, and yeah. anything that's on mm. BBC Two or Channel 4 isn't, even though all the kids are watching Big Bang Theory, yeah. you know, mm. which is a studio show, and also some of them are watching Frasier on Channel 4 and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, but yeah no cool well thanks very much for uh, stopping by and uh, talking to us I'm looking forward to the next well I'll probably end up seeing the rest of the last series that I, bits I haven't seen on social media clipped in various bits yeah you'll see it in fragments yeah yeah eventually yeah it'll all, yeah. It'll all, well, it'll all come together no harm in that no, maybe absolutely. we'll lead to like a revival of sketch shows who knows wow, those are two minute long clips can you imagine that that'd be good 
so fantastic and, and congratulations on the success of the show as well and um, thanks for joining us thanks it's been a pleasure absolute pleasure thanks guys thank you okay. thanks a lot and thanks for listening and bye bye bye